Hello, my friends. Good to see you again. Breaker was relaxing. Thank you for asking. Good to be back in here podcasting with you. Well, 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 what a year it was. So here's to what's to come in 2021. Have you heard there's a COVID-19 vaccine? Finally, it exists. It's been tested and, drumroll please, has official government approval. Yay! Whether hopeful or skeptical, many have questions. How safe is it? It's pretty darn safe. Who can get it? Those most at risk and then gradually everyone. Does it work? I mean, the scientists say so. So, are there side effects? Sometimes, mild ones. But they're not dangerous. Should I get it? Well, it'll keep you from getting COVID. It'll keep your family and friends from getting COVID. You don't know how sick you or your loved ones might get. So it's best to prevent it altogether. Polls show that most Virginians would get the vaccine when the time comes. If you're identified as eligible to receive the vaccine, you will receive an email from vaccine at vcu.edu. Learn more about vaccination at VCU by visiting together.vcu.edu slash FAQ slash vaccine. Learn more about the vaccine in general at cdc.gov. As we enter February, there's a certain holiday lurking right around the corner. Tis the day meant to be spent with your significant other or others celebrating love and romance. So, cool, we're all here for the cutesy and sweet and mushy stuff, but what about those of us without someone to pile on the affection? This one goes out to all my fellow singles. Now, plenty of you are probably perfectly happy being single. Not everyone needs or wants a romantic partner. You've got your friends, your hobbies, your beliefs and interests, and the only special someone that you really need in your life is, well, you. And maybe a few friends. According to a study run by the dating app Plenty of Fish last year, 60% of Gen Z feels pressure from society and the media to be with somebody on Valentine's Day. But if you're happiest on your own and the societal message that there's someone for everyone keeps creeping its way into your thoughts, remember that you're not the only person who genuinely prefers living the single life. Fact, half of single adults aren't looking for a relationship of any kind. Now, the rest of this message is for the ones who truly aren't so keen on being single. And I know I'm talking to somebody because studies have already proven that y'all like to flock to dating apps around Valentine's Day. Apparently, there's literally a day called Dating Sunday in January where singles make their way onto dating apps and websites a whole month before Valentine's Day in the hopes of finding a boo thing before the holiday shows up. Last year, Match, formerly known as Match.com, predicted an 8% increase in single people coming on the app on Dating Sunday. So, I will say it again. It is clear that y'all might be a little stressy Bessie about finding love before the big day hits. But here's the tea. I'm not a fan of feeling pressure to be in a relationship just because of a holiday. Being single on Valentine's Day or any other day is normal. Really normal. In fact, according to VCU's 2020 National College Health Survey, over half of Rams are not in a relationship. So, try to remember that you aren't the only person spending Valentine's Day single. Hell, I'm a catch and I'm still single. It's important to take your time and make sure that you're in a relationship you're excited about, that's healthy, and that adds something special to your life. Anyways, if you're looking for stuff to do on Valentine's Day, I've got a couple recommendations. Option number one. Homework. Since we aren't getting a spring break this year, it's probably more important than ever that we keep ourselves from getting too stressed by schoolwork. 
Valentine's Day falls on a Sunday this year, so you could use this time to get ahead on work and free up space in your schedule. Now, I totally get why you wouldn't want to do homework on the weekends, so here are some other slightly more relaxing options. Option number two, movie marathon and snacks. It is classic, it is simple, and it is fun. Option number three, have a little Galentine's or Palentine's Day with your fellow single roommates or do an online get-together with your friends. Being single and being alone aren't the same thing. I'm sure that there's at least one other single friend that you've got that would love to spend the day hanging with you. You could even make valentines for your friends and tell them how much you appreciate them. And last but not least, option number four. Take the day to unplug. If you're tired of seeing mushy jewelry store ads about how he went to Jared and people on social media sucking the life out of each other's faces, get off the grid for a bit. It can be really easy to feel lonely or pressed to be in a relationship leading up to Valentine's Day. And it's okay to be sad about not having a partner. Wanting romantic love doesn't make you desperate or incapable of independence. But you just gotta remember that it's okay to find somebody at your own pace, not one set by candy companies or Instagram. And if you're looking to meet new people, whether for romance or just new friends to add to your support system, try finding a group on Rams Connect. Common interests are a great way to connect with potential partners and friends. Some apps, usually known for dating, like Tinder and Bumble, also have options to find friends. But remember, if you choose to date during this pandemic, be very, like, super selective about who you're going to meet in person. Some dating apps have voice and video chat features that you can take advantage of, so why not do that instead? After all, when else can you go on a date in pajama pants? <laughs> do you ever find yourself wishing major historical events would quit happening for like, I don't know, 10 minutes? Or is it just me? It seems like every time I head to social media, another topic is trending that wasn't minutes beforehand. Where's the break? It feels impossible to keep up with all the information. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I need a day to process one thing, let alone the 100 million other things that are always going on. And you know what? That's perfectly okay. While it's important to keep up with current events, it's even more important to know your limits and to set emotional boundaries. You want to make sure you don't exhaust yourself with the constant noise of everyday life. You might want to keep track of how much information you can mentally hold at a time, and limit your news intake based on that. One way you can do this is by setting a specific time during your day to check in with the news, or do a weekly update if daily is too overwhelming. The most important thing is to assess your mental state and adjust your exposure and interaction with information that can't upset you. It is also a good idea to make sure the sources you do give your attention to are reputable. After all, if you're going to devote your emotional energy to something, you at least want to make sure it's true. Look for articles from government organizations such as the CDC, or if you choose to look at lesser-known sources, you can cross-reference with other sites and organizations that are widely recognized to make sure you're getting all the facts. Check out guides.library.vcu.edu slash evaluate for more tips. Overall, the goal is to create an environment for ourselves that help us to mentally thrive, while also being aware of the current times. We don't want to be too caught up in the bad and neglect ourselves because of it. We might not be able to control what's going on, especially right now, but we can control how we treat ourselves, which should always be our top priority. Last and most importantly, do things that make you happy. Exercise to sweat out that stress and to relax your tense muscles, paint how you feel, confine someone you trust, or what I like to do is listen to sad music and let out my emotions that way. It's quite therapeutic, honestly. Anyone else listen to Driver's License on repeat? Want resources on relaxation and mindfulness? Check out the well.vcu.edu for more info about our weekly meditations in our resilience lab. Or if you need someone to talk to about the political stress you've been feeling, visit counseling.vcu.edu. How to keep a resolution. New Year's resolutions are tough. 
If you've already given up, you're not alone. According to one study, 23% of people stop working on their resolutions one week into the year. But it's also not impossible. 19% of people in the study kept their resolutions for two years or more. Whether you're still on track or straying off the path you'd planned for yourself, or you're thinking of setting a goal for any time of year, here are some tips that might help. One, make your goal measurable. Make sure your goal involves doing actual stuff. Be healthier isn't an easy resolution to keep because it can mean so many different things from day to day that it's easy to lose track of what you were going for in the first place. Take my meds at 8 a.m. every day is a clear, specific goal. Two, make your goal something you can control. A lot of people try to set a weight loss goal, like lose 10 pounds. But one person might lose that weight quickly, while another might never be able to do it, no matter how hard they work. A better goal is practice yoga or run for 30 minutes, five days a week, because you can actually control that. The workout goal is also better because it doesn't require you to adhere to arbitrary standards based on harmful body image ideals. Three, make your goal manageable. Make sure you can actually do it. You can accomplish a lot in a year, but not everything. Make sure your inner voice isn't demanding too much from you. If your goal is to write five books in a year, that might not work, but you can try to write one. Of course, that's still a lot to think about until you break it down into smaller goals. Try writing 500 words per day, for example. Then, after you're done with your first draft, you might change your goal to spend half an hour per day editing. Four, be open to reevaluating. Sometimes we try stuff and it doesn't work out. It doesn't mean we're failures, we can't hack it, or we don't have the stuff to follow our dreams. It just means we need to take another look at the situation. Maybe you need to practice guitar for 20 minutes a day instead of an hour. Maybe starting earlier in the day instead of later fits better into your routine. Maybe you were just having an off week and can start fresh tomorrow. Or maybe you realized guitar isn't for you and you'd rather learn to paint instead. Give yourself permission to change. Remember to take a look at the circumstances around your goal, too. If you're burned out, going through a rough time, or have a weird schedule, it might take some time to work through those things and get back on track. Five, make sure your goal aligns with your values. Listen to the voice in your head that tells you what your goals are. Now ask yourself, whose voice is it? Is it really your own, or is it a parent, a teacher, a celebrity, society? Notice how you feel when you think about the goal. Are you excited to get started, or do you feel a sense of obligation? Doing the work might not feel great every day, but if you have an underlying sense of meaning and purpose, keep at it. If not, you might want to reevaluate and pick a goal that speaks to you. Six, be kind to yourself. Expect to mess up sometimes. People who succeed at their goals don't necessarily succeed every single day, but they do pick back up and keep going. It might sound backwards, but the less hard you are on yourself, the easier it gets to persevere without getting too bogged down by bad feels. And if you decide you have to give up your goal entirely for now, that's okay too. Your physical, mental, and emotional well-being should take priority over adhering to a strict routine.